What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to Second and Short. And the podcast is back. It's been a while. Took some weeks off. Had college finishing up. And now we're back to talk about some NFL action. I mean, the NFL draft was so phenomenally fun from start to finish. There was good deals, good trades, good draft picks. People falling in places that we thought they would go. There really wasn't too much, you know, surprise and suspense from the NFL draft, in my opinion. There were some things that were leading up to kind of, is Aaron Rodgers going to get traded? Do we think somebody's going to make a big push up to number two? Nothing happened. These guys kind of fell in places that if we were reading the book the right way, instead of trying to create our own story and our own narrative, the draft picks fell exactly how they should have. In the first 10 picks, the signs were all there. So let's go ahead and break down my predictions for the 2021 NFL season, starting with the AFC. We're going to go over each team as much detail as needed for those teams and give you my record that they are going to finish with this year. Now, if you're checking my series out on TikTok, you already know the order of finish in each division. We don't actually know how the teams are going to do individually. So let's kick things off with the AFC South. Now, we're going to start with a team that I think is going to win that division, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. Now, as you can see here, here's their schedule layout. You can see my wins and losses that I have for them. I have this team going 11-6 and six with the extra game added in. I think that it's going to be a really competitive division between them and Tennessee, as you'll see here in a second. And I just think that this Colts team, going from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz, is, in my opinion, an upgrade. I know Carson Wentz is coming off of kind of a downed season, but I mean, the guy was sacked 50 times in like 12 games. How well is any quarterback going to do when they're on the ground that often? But on top of that, Deshaun Jackson missed a big chunk of the season. Alshon Jeffrey missed a big chunk. Jalen Rager missed a big chunk. We saw Miles Sanders have games where he only got like eight carries because the defense was allowing so many points that the Eagles were down early. Now, moving Carson Wentz over to the Colts is going to give the Colts kind of a younger, like I said, upgrade at the quarterback position. Somebody that is going to be able to lead and you know, reunite with Frank Reich. And I think that is going to be the perfect thing for them. Jonathan Taylor is going to be a bell cow this year. I think the defense has gotten better. I, I, I think them getting Quiddy Pay in the first round was fantastic for this team. And I think they're just keep, they just keep getting better at multiple positions. The receiver position should be good as well. We don't know what's going to happen. Right now, Julio Jones is still up in limbo as the time of recording this. Hopefully, by the time I release this, he hasn't already traded somewhere. And, but I mean, if he ends up going to the Colts, that's going to be another huge piece. I'm surprised that Zach Ertz already hasn't been traded. Overall, though, 11-6, and six, I don't really think there's too many things that are going to get in their way. Um, I do think that they are going to have, a, you know, have like a messy run-in towards the end, like I said, with you know, losses to New England and Arizona late in the season. They're going to make it seem like Tennessee can take this division. However, I have them going 6-0 and in the division, and with that, they're going to have a tiebreak over any team that has the same record as them within the AFC South. And now moving on to the second team in the AFC, that is the Tennessee Titans. I have them also finishing at 11-6. and six. However, they're going to lose both games to the Colts, as you can kind of see here. And that, for me, is what is going to give the Colts a division. Now, Tennessee, they are also another team that is in limbo of getting Julio Jones. But let's kind of talk about what they do have right now. I mean, Ryan Tannehill reinvented himself. Moving from Miami to Tennessee has been the best thing for him. I also think that, you know, Derrick Henry is going to be another bell cow. Again, he's going to carry the rock 300 times. I don't think he's going to slow down compared to you know what he had last year. I think it's going to be consistent and on pace and on par, and he's going to be pushing for 2K. Now, I do think that the receiving room is an issue for me. 
Um, they really didn't do much in the draft to go address, you know, the losses of getting, you know, somebody like Janu Smith. Corey Davis is gone. I know they have Anthony Frisker there, tight end to replace. That's still a different skill set a little bit. I think he's more of a blocker than a receiver. Um, he's more 50-50, I guess. However, the loss of Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys is gone, is going to have a big impact on this team. I mean, they went out and got Des Fitzpatrick in the draft, and I just don't think that they, they put enough into this. Now, Josh Reynolds coming over from the Los Angeles Rams is huge for them and could pay dividends if he produces like he was supposed to as the number three in L.A. Time will tell if this move will pay off as a successful replacement for Corey Davis, but if they get Julio Jones, wipe away everything I just said about the receiving core, they're good to go, they're set. I just think this team doesn't have enough playmakers on offense to push the Colts for the division title and take it. They're going to be close. At the end of this, this year, I have the team going 4-1 and one in the final five games. However, that slip-up they're going to have early in the season when they go on a three-game losing streak is going to cost them their divisional title. Before anybody bashes me, A.J. Brown is fantastic. However, Denise Smith, Corey Davis are no longer there to take away looks from him in coverage. He is going to get everybody's best shot in 2021. I think he'll deliver most of the time, but every now and then we're going to see some fatigue hit in, and it's, it's going to be overwhelming. And if he doesn't take this ball and run, the Titans might not be as good as they were last year. Still, 11-6, and six, playoff team for me. Third place in this division is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I have this team starting off pretty hot to start off the season. I mean, I haven't went in three of their first four games. Really, they could start out 4-0. I, I think this team has enough improvements along both sides of the ball to potentially have that happen. However, those are going to be the only wins I have for them this year. 3-14 and 14 is still a fantastic season, in my opinion, from a team that only had one win. This team is going to take a little bit of time, but a little progress forward is still good progress. I think that what's going to happen here is that teams are going to read Trevor Lawrence. They're going to read Urban Meyer, and it's not necessarily going to work out in year one. I do think in year two, though, this Jags team is going to take another leap, and they're going to get to about eight to nine wins. Even though I do have them losing 13 games in a row to end the season, I think they're going to be competitive in more games than not. And it's going to be one of those teams. Every year we have these guys that, you know, they lose five games due to one score and everything. That's going to be this team this year. The Jags are going to be in a lot of games close to the end. They're just not going to be able to pull it off. Now, I had this team going 3-14. and 14. Somebody could honestly go worse than them. And yes, 100%. Uh, the Houston Texans are going to go 1-16. I think they have a chance to go 0-17. I mean, with Deshaun Watson, this team had four wins on the season. With Deshaun Watson, they had four wins on the season. If he's not there, this roster is not good enough to compete at the NFL level. They just aren't. I think that there are going to be hardly any games that they can actually compete with and win. Their only benefit is that they get to play Jacksonville twice. And I think they're going to steal a game from Jacksonville. However, when you look at their schedule, I mean, playing Tennessee twice and the Colts twice, chalk them up as losses. They play the entire NFC West, chalk them up as losses. They go up against the entire AFC East, chalk those up as losses. I mean, granted, the Jets aren't the best team in the NFL. However, the Jets have a pretty decent defense. They're going to be a ground-and-pound team. That's a game that the Houston might be able to sneak a win from. However, I just don't see anything happening here with this Texans team. Even with Deshaun Watson, at best, this team wins three to four games and nothing changes. We have to remember that Houston Texans are depleted everywhere. 
at running back, they got a committee of David Johnson, Mark Ingram, and Philip Lindsay. Three guys that ultimately couldn't hold down the job in their own respective clubs and are now here together. No disrespect to any of those guys. So they've had some fantastic seasons individually throughout their career. However, father time is coming along, and that's what we see with running backs, where they end up having to come together just to have some type of success. On top of that, their receiving core is little, you know, left to be desired. Everybody seems to be under six foot tall, outside of you know uh, Chris Cooley, I guess. And they got bringing Nico Collins, and I think he's going to be fantastic addition for them as a rookie. But how much is he going to push? I don't know. Braven Jordan as a rookie looks really good as well for this team. But if Tyrod Taylor's that starting quarterback, look for the Texans to have a very, very bad season in the NFL this year. Now, let's go ahead and move on over to the AFC West, where the defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs are going to take this division again. I, I honestly don't see anybody else taking it from them. I have them going 13-4 and four this year. And I really don't see anything outside of you know, those games that they're going to compete against Las Vegas that, for some reason, the Raiders are like a 500 team in the NFL every year, but can compete with some of the best teams. And I don't get it. I have teams like Cleveland and Tennessee getting some revenge here and coming forward and taking down the big dogs. But really, outside of those games, we're going to see streaks of three to four wins over and over again in this 17-game season. Last time I checked, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. You can have your favorites and kind of put them on a pedestal and whatever, but we'd all be lying to ourselves if we denied Patrick Mahomes of that placement. He's a winner. He pushes drives down. He gets his offense off the field so they can rest and do the same thing over and over and over. Like even games last year that they were almost about to lose to some you know, worse teams, they come through in the end. You know why? Because Patrick Mahomes is clutch. They have really good receivers. I mean, Tyree Kill is a fantastic number one. Travis Kels is a tight end, but it's kind of by definition. Otherwise, he's really a receiver. I mean, those two guys placed in the top 10 of receiving yards last year, and they didn't even play the last game of the season. You add in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire getting another year under his belt to learn this Andy Reid system. I think this defense is actually going to improve even more. I mean, a couple years ago, they were like in the bottom of the NFL in pass defense, and they're slowly getting a little bit better. Number one to number two in total offense. And they're just going to run the AFC. Now, number two in this division is the Los Angeles Chargers, a team that I think has a real shot of being the breakout team of the year. I got them going 10-7 and on the year. Now, they could steal a game from Kansas City here or there, uh, maybe maybe take both of them to kind of change it. I have them losing both those games, but really those two games are going to be the difference between them getting a wild card spot in missing the playoffs maybe or winning the division. I think Justin Herbert has a really good shot at taking another step this year. Some people, you know, some of my fan, friends that are Bronco fans are kind of telling me Herbert's going to go back down. However, I just don't see it. This guy a couple years ago was looked at as the number one draft pick. And if it wasn't for him having a okay season at Oregon and Tua being, you know, the hottest new thing and Burrow having the best season ever in college football, then I think Herbert would have still went number one. And all of this like, wow, how did he do this? Wouldn't have been there. We all played ourselves, just like I said at the beginning. Just read the book. It tells you what's going to happen. We just like to draw these narratives that make it something else. Back to the Chargers. I think that this team has a good opportunity with a brand new head coach, Brandon Staley, to kind of move forward. You know, we're going to see Austin Eckler fully healthy. We're going to see, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, 
They just got in Jared Cook at tight end. I'm not saying he's an upgrade over Hunter Henry, but we've seen what he's been able to do on the teams he's been on. There's talks that they maybe even go out there and get Julio Jones. Maybe they'll go out and get Zach Ertz. That'd be a great pickup. Overall, though, I think this team went out and did what they needed to do, maybe better than any other team in their division or in the, in the AFC. And they saw a position of need, really the whole offensive line, and they fixed it. Trades, free agency, draft, they did everything they needed to do to fix the holes on their team to get better. And they're going to. I think they're going to get a couple extra wins this year, and they're going to be fighting for that 7-6 playoff spot come this fall. Now, number three is the Las Vegas Raiders. And unfortunately, this team, I want to take another step. I really do. I like the Raiders. I like Gruden. I like Derek Carr. However, I just don't see this team doing it. 7-10. and 10, And this is where they're going to sit. They're going to be in this weird limbo team that wins anywhere from 6 to 10 games. And really, you can flip a game or two here or there, and I can see them winning 10 games. However, the cards fell the way they fell. I think they play too difficult of a schedule this year. I think teams that they're expected to beat kind of like the, you know, the NFC East, I don't think they're going to get all those wins. I mean, I have them losing three of four games in that division, which really a lot of people are going to look at that schedule and they're going to say they're going to sweep that division because it's a weak division. However, I don't think the Raiders are there. I think the defense is getting a little bit better, but however, when you prioritize whatever it is the Raiders are prioritize, prioritizing, which is removing key pieces off the offensive line, adding in another running back to help the run game that really doesn't need help, in my opinion. You're just hurting yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, you're, you're bringing a gun to a gunfight with only a couple bullets instead of a full chamber, and I, I think that's a mistake here. Now, maybe these moves they're making, maybe they have people on the roster that are cheaper, younger options that can go out and start, and they're going to do a better job than the guys they had before. Who knows? Maybe having Drake spelling Jacobs will be a good thing. But look for this Raiders team to kind of take a little step back with the slight potential upside of getting up to 10 wins. The final team in this division is the Denver Broncos. And however, I'm sorry, I know regionally where I am, I shouldn't think this lowly of them and the Denver Broncos going 5-12. and 12. We just saw what Teddy Bridgewater did with Carolina. I mean, there's eight times he had an opportunity to have a game-winning drive or game-tying drive. And he faltered all times, all eight times. And I know. Then he came out and, well, I got to save my own face, right? Well, we never practiced two-minute drills. We never practiced the red zone as much. Yeah, I, I get that. Sure, maybe you could say that's an excuse. However, you're not a rookie. This isn't your first time in the NFL. It's not like you don't know how to do a two-minute offense. That team with Carolina was okay. Losing Christian McCaffrey hurt. However, they could have potentially won eight to ten games based on those late-game situations. And Teddy Bridgewater couldn't do it. Now he goes to a place where he's got lesser talent at running back, receiver. And I know a lot of you guys like Jerry Judy, and you guys like you know, Cortland Sutton. However, Cortland Sutton's been hurt. We don't know how he's going to recover. Jerry Judy was dropped city last year, it seemed. So for me, going away from Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, who played really well, he had Curtis Samuel there as number three, he loses that. He doesn't have Christian McCaffrey there. Mike Davis played really well, and don't get me wrong, I love Melvin Gordon, but the offensive line is just as bad as it was in Carolina last year. The defense is going to keep this team from going 1-16 and you know, 16 or 0-17, and I think a 5-12 and 12 win season is going to do exactly what the Denver Broncos want them to do, and it's going to put them in position to draft a quarterback in this next draft. Now, why didn't I talk about Drew Locke? 
because he's not the guy. He's just the next guy in line until somebody comes along. And that somebody is called Teddy Bridgewater. And Teddy Bridgewater is not the guy either. He's just the next guy until whoever you draft in the 2022 NFL draft. Now let's shift things over to the NFC North. And we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns, who I have winning this division at a whopping 13-4 and record. Now I was going back and forth picking over this schedule. And I really think that they have an opportunity here to win about 11 games at a bottom, a minimum, just because this roster is so good. The schedule isn't that difficult. I think they're going to be able to take advantage of, of late season opportunities against some teams like Green Bay. I think you know, Pittsburgh is going to be down in the dumps, as we'll see a little bit later. And Cincinnati is going to be trying to fight off of being irrelevant, but it's not really going to happen. And I think in the end, Cleveland has an opportunity to win about 15 games in this season. It's going to come down to how well they play against teams like Kansas City, you know, Baltimore. But I really think that this team has what it takes to be the number two team in the AFC or number three team, based on tiebreakers, going into the playoffs. Look for Baker Mayfield to kind of improve on his season. Uh, look for, you know, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb to be fully healthy to run for 2,500 yards between each other. Like, I think they're going to dominate. I think they're both going to get over 1,000. We're going to see somebody about 13 and 12. Uh, they're both going to have about seven to eight touchdowns each. Like, this run game is going to be fantastic. Also, on top of that, this team is getting back a healthy OBJ. Add into the fact that Rashad Higgins is slightly coming up. Donovan People Jones is coming on up. Oh, yeah, they got this guy called Jarvis Landry, Mr. Reliable. And this team is just stacked everywhere. Offensive line goods, defensive lines good. Jadavion Clowney pairing opposite of Miles Garrett. It's going to be fantastic for this team to stop the run. Also, to allow Garrett to get one-on-ones on the outside. I like everything about this Browns team. I thought they got two fantastic picks uh, with Greg Newsom and JOK in the first and second rounds. And this team is, if they don't win 13 games, it'll be a disappointment in my eyes. The number two team in that division for me is the Baltimore Ravens. And I have the Baltimore Ravens going 12-5. and five. On the huge backing of them having a seven-game win streak to end the season. It's going to fall a little bit short. They're going to beat Cleveland twice, I think. It's going to fall short, though. They're going to lose too many games early on that are going to split. Teams have this, you know, them pegged down. But I think once the season gets going, the wear and tear on other defenses they're going to play is going to be, it's going to be evident. It's going to, it's going to show. And I think them being a team that's going to run the ball 500-plus times, late season surges are perfect for this team. This is exactly what they're going to do. It should be expected. We should know this. Lamar Jackson's going to take a step forward. He's got a better receiving core than he's ever had. Guys like Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, come on in. He's still got Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins there, uh, the Gus Edwards. They have a great run game, great receiving backs. They got guys that can play multiple roles for them on the receiving line. I just really don't see this Ravens team falling out of the playoffs. I think they're going to benefit from the Steelers kind of having this you know downfall of old age and everything and you know, the Bengals trying to recover and rebuild. Look for this Baltimore Ravens team to be a wild card team in 2021. Now, for the shock and awe, something that I'm going to get a lot of slack for is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I have the Pittsburgh Steelers going 6-11. Now, I know, I know, since Mike Tomlin's been there, they've never been worse than 8-8. Eight eight. See people all over the place. Like, Steelers fans like to jump in on every Twitter comment when people are trying to dog them. And they're like, we don't know what losing is. At worst, we're a middle-of-the-road team at 8-8. Eight and, eight. and you're right. I get that. However, father time comes for us all. We don't get to predict when it happens. 
couple years ago, Eli Manning. Philip Rivers this past year is done. Big Ben is next. It's just, it's just going to happen. And if he breaks down for a little bit in this season, one, two, three games, season's over. Now, I do think this team has the potential to push forward big time. Najee Harris is a great draft pick for this team that needs to get you know, revitalized on that run game. However, the offensive line still isn't there. And when you have a, a porous offensive line and you have a broken quarterback who at any moment could get injured and miss time, you have a recipe for disaster. I don't think they have a quarterback on the roster besides ben, Big Ben that can help them win games. And I think they're going to lose some games to teams that are better than them. And they have a difficult schedule this year. And I just see they're, they're going to sneak out a couple wins. But really, we're going to see the Pittsburgh Steelers drafting the top 10 next year, maybe at 10. And they're going to be looking for a quarterback for 2022. And finally, the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Cincinnati Bengals are, they're in this weird spot where I have them winning going 4-13. and 13. And I have them beating teams like the Raiders, the Chargers, San Francisco. I have them beating some good teams this year. They're going to take a game from Pittsburgh. However, I just don't like how the schedule falls for them. I do have them losing to Detroit. Spoiler for the NFC you know, podcast coming out next. But I just, for me, I don't see enough of this team that improved enough. I mean, I, I like what they did in the offensive line. I think they have great receiving weapons. They have a really good running back in Joe Mixon. Maybe fantastic receiving options, pardon me. And Joe Burrow, you know, is going to look the part again. I just don't know if it's enough. I don't know if this defense has enough in them to come through and take over games. And if this offense can't score 25 points a game, we might see a situation where they're in a lot of close games late, but they're not going to win. And it's going to be like, okay, well, year three of Burrow is when we're really going to get this team breaking out, which is something I think is possible. But they play in a difficult division. The AFC is fantastic around this time. You know, right now, it's, it's forming this lot of power teams. And I see the way their schedule kind of fell, I, I'm not a big fan of it. However, Detroit Lions, New York Jets, Denver Broncos, second game against Pittsburgh, they could pull those out and maybe get seven wins this season. However, if they can just get anywhere from three up in wins, this is a success for them as long as Joe Burrow is healthy for this season. All right, last division, AFC East. Let's talk about the number one team in the AFC overall, and that is the Buffalo Bills, a team that I have going 15-2. and two. Now, this team obviously could lose a couple games at the end if they're going to rest and everything. They're going to see they're going to have a, a two-game lead going into week like 17 over Cleveland. However, they play the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets, and I just don't see those teams competing with Buffalo. I think Josh Allen is going to be on the MVP list all year. I think Sean McDermott's going to be on the Coach of the Year list all year. I think that Stephon Diggs is going to be on the Offensive Player of the Year list all year. Add in the fact that this run game potentially could get better, that's a key for me. I like that potential there. Um, I, I think Zach Moss is going to take a step in the right direction this coming year. Good offensive line. Uh, Dawson Knox should take a, a, a positive step forward as well at tight end. Maybe they'll get Zach Ertz. That would be insane if Buffalo got Zach Ertz. But I just think I really like what this, this team does as a whole offensively. Stumphon Diggs is so phenomenal. Cole Beasley is such a good underrated receiver. And I think that just, off, just talking offensively, this team is going to drop 30 points like eight times this year, maybe more. And they're going to be the number one rated offense in the NFL. Now, last year, their defense ranked 14th. 
uncharacteristic, weird COVID year. Go back two years prior to that, they finished second. The year after that, they finished third. That's more realistic to me. I think they're going to finish anywhere between five and ten. So if this offense takes a step forward and goes from number two to number one, and the defense goes from 14 to number eight, I don't see how this team loses very many games in 2021. Now, number two, if you saw my TikTok video, I have the New England Patriots coming in second place in this division. Um, I think Cam Newton, under a full year under this playbook, he's going to be fully healthy. He's not going to have COVID. We see that they have invested in getting him better weapons. He's got some big bodies and tight end. He loves feeding his tight ends, as we saw with him and his relationship with Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin, even though he's a receiver, uh, kind of a tight end, you know. And I think them going on getting guys like Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, adding to Jacoby Myers. I just think it's a nice little room they got there. We don't know if Sonny Michelle's going to, what's going to happen with him, but Michelle Harris White, it's a nice running back group as well. They're in the biggest talks right now to get Julio Jones. And if they get Julio Jones, Cam Newton's going to give him like 140 targets this year, it seems like, because he loves to feed those big bodies. But I just think Cam Newton is going to take a step forward. Add in the fact that they get all these guys back, that decided to opt out. They get these injuries back. You know, the guys that they had last year that are back are healthy and fully playing. I just, I don't see Bill Belichick having two down seasons. I mean, they went seven and nine last year. And really, there's a couple games that, you know, early in the year when they played Seattle, that I thought they looked fantastic. And look for Cam Newton to improve his numbers. That's the biggest factor here. I think Mac Jones won't see the field much unless New England gets up big in a game. And I really think Cam Newton is going to, he doesn't have a chance to win comeback player of the year, but I think he is going to be in that conversation where people are like, wow, wow, he still got it. I mean, he's a prove it year. And if Cam Newton doesn't do well this year, he's going to have a hard time finding a starting job in 2022. Now, the third team in this division is going to be the Miami Dolphins. And based on looking at records, um, I have them going 10 and 7, which is going to maybe make this division the best division in football because we got three teams in double digit wins, one team that's still improving in the bottom which we'll talk about here, but I have them sitting in the exact same position. They went 10 and six last year. And I know a lot of people are like, well, how's that possible? I mean, they had all these draft picks. Jalen Phillips is going to look good. Pass rushing. Jalen Waddle is going to look good. Catching passes. I got Will Fuller in now to add Devontae Parker. You know, but here's the thing. I don't know if Miles Gaskins can carry the rock. I don't know if Tua can be relied on to be the leader for 17 games. Last year, the reason why the Dolphins were so good and they went 10 and six was because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, if he didn't have all that magic he had in him, maybe this team finishes 7-9, and 6-10 and 10 on Tua's first year. Tua was kind of nervous to play last year in reports I saw and everything. So I'm not a big believer in Tua. However, I do think this roster is too good, and I think that he plays too safe for this team to have too many losses in 2021. Look for them to be fighting for that final spot in the playoffs come this fall. And the final team of our podcast here today and our final team of this predictions is the new york jets last year they fumbled away the opportunity to have trevor lawrence and they're gonna get they got zach wilson instead they won a couple games you know they messed around they effed around and won some games my friends would say and i still have them improving a 4 and 13 season uh you know i have them kind of taking on the other lower teams like cincinnati jacksonville houston and beating them i do have them stealing a game from miami which i think ultimately might cost miami a playoff spot now this New York Jets team is going to start off slow, really slow. They're not going to get their first win until about midseason. And I think it's going to be a learning curve for Zach Wilson to kind of get around this. However, I think that 
They will be heavily invested in the ground and pound. They're going to be invested in the pass rush. And I think they're going to be able to compete with enough teams to not get blown out by anybody. I just don't think Zach Wilson has it in him this early to overcome those late game situations. Look for the Jets to take a step forward in 2021, but not too far. They're going to draft somewhere between six and eight, and that's a good thing for them. Like we said earlier with Jacksonville, some progress is good progress once you have your franchise quarterback. And that's going to do it for us here on Second and Short. Thank you guys for tuning on in and listening. Thank you guys for standing by idly and just kind of waiting for this podcast to come on back. Like I said, had some things going on, took some time off. We're back. And be ready for the NFC's predictions in next week's video. Be sure to check us out. If you're listening to us right now on Anchor, you know, anywhere like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're everywhere. If you're watching this video, you know, you guys go ahead and click the links below. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on TikTok. We have daily content up on TikTok. So if you want to see extra stuff that we don't talk about in this podcast, it's there. You want to see some extra graphics that we create? My good buddy Aaron creates for me. Check them out there. If you want to see some polls that my other good buddy creates on Twitter, go on Twitter and check us out. And then come on to Facebook where we kind of all bring it all together. Thank you guys for listening. And you guys have yourselves a great night.